Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. A few weeks ago, I talked about a state of being, a feeling state that I am striving for this year. It's a, you know, in the past years, growing up, it was survival and it was a lot of emotional reactivity because it was like about a way of like showing how do I care and I care so much and being reactive was really, really good and not understanding emotional regulation. And then there was my desire to lean into feeling calm. And then from there was my desire for compassion, especially once I understood about shame and that compassion and empathy are the antidotes to shame. And as I move into, or as we're in 2023 now, I made a decision late last year of equanimity, right? And equanimity is a balanced engagement with all aspects of life, not a withdrawal. It is opening to the whole of life with composure and ease of mind, accepting the beautiful and terrifying nature of all things. And equanimity is like, I didn't realize that's what I was saying all those years ago when I came up with the idea of I live an amazing life and there are shit shows everywhere, right? I'm not just this raw, raw highlight. I talk about the hard stuff and it's not just about indulging in the hard stuff. It's all of it. It's about having, you know, the good things in life and the hard things in life and really seeing all of it instead of taking things out of context or having nostalgia or sentimentality where I'm just excessively focusing on one area and missing the whole picture. So as I talk about this, I want to dive into something that's really important. It's vulnerable, but it's also the pathway to connection because that's really what we want. We want to connect, right? Whether it's with a family member in an intimate partnership, friendship, you know, with colleagues at work in an appropriate manner, we want to connect and we are hardwired for connection. And here's the thing, my friend, most of us really suck at doing it. We've don't know how, or we've been trying to figure it out and we're not quite understanding. So we're learning. And on the show, we've been talking about it for a long time. So it's okay if you suck at it, it's a learnable skill set. So one thing you've heard me say a lot here on the show, and it's something I learned from Brene Brown is you share your story with someone who's earned the right to hear your story. And that's so important because I remember in my 20s when I was coming to a reckoning about some of the things in my childhood and what I had gone through and experienced, I thought to be authentic, I must stand on rooftops and shout it out. That meant I share my story with everybody. And there was a lack of discernment in that because I didn't know, like, if I, am I sharing something so vulnerable, is this person going to, you know, nurture it and take care of it? Or are they going to use it and weaponize it against me? Right? So that is an important boundary. It is a boundary, right? Sharing your story with someone who's earned the right to hear your story. This is really, really important. So it's not about 
hot wiring connection and just being vulnerable because it's like, okay, if I give them this vulnerability and this vulnerable information about me, we'll now have connection because they may share it with somebody else and they've not earned the right to hear it. That's a really important concept. I bring it back up a lot with my clients. I use that now as a framework and I have for a long time of when I choose to share things. It's not about being inauthentic, but have they earned the right? Is this something that they've earned the right to hear or is it something they can weaponize? And there's some stories that I have of me that I'm really solid with, like being half Korean and now realizing I'm really multiracial. I really struggled and I didn't want to talk about it. And if I could hide from it, I would. So I wouldn't share it with people or I wouldn't share with people that I was really uncomfortable about being multiracial because I wasn't comfortable with it and it was a shame trigger. Now I can share the story because it's not a shame trigger. I've done a lot of work around it and I can own my story and love myself, right? As Brene will say, this is something I can really share here and I'm really comfortable. So you may say, gosh, Karen, you share a lot of stories here on the show. Absolutely. And I do because the stories that I share with you aren't the ones that I'm processing, right? They're the ones I've done my work through and they're much more matter of fact now. It's like the fact that I'm 5'11", you know, like when I was 13 or 14, I didn't really like to be that tall and I would slouch and try to, you know, make myself smaller and I didn't want to talk about it and I wouldn't tell you I was uncomfortable because I had a lot of shame with that. So I wouldn't share my story with you. And you may not have earned the right to hear it because you may have teased me about it and I wouldn't feel safe. So those are just some examples. Now, the next component of not only do we want to share the story with people who've earned the right to hear it, one of the twists that I've come up with recently with clients is sharing your story with someone who also has the capacity to hear your story, right? They have the capacity. They're not going to like jump in the pool of emotions with you. They're not going to try to rescue or they're going to have time to hear you, right? Because they may be in a situation where they are doing something else knee deep. Maybe they're working on their taxes and you come to them and they don't have the capacity because they also have a deadline to get to, right? We all have different priorities for when something can replace something else with an impending deadline, right? But they may not have the capacity. And so then it's about, does it have to happen right now with this person? Previously, I talked about in a different episode, I talked about the teams that you have. This is another reason why it's important to have teams of people who support you, because if that person doesn't have the capacity right now, who else on your team may, who could then help you, right? So asking yourself that question of who can I share my story with who also has the capacity? You know, sometimes my kids may want to get a hold of me and they're grown adults and, you know, they're in university. They want to get a hold of me. I may not have the capacity, right? And just in the fact that I may be working with somebody else at that time. And if it's an emergency, that's a different thing. But if it's you know, for them to just kind of unpack some sadness or disappointment that they went through, we may have to wait until I have some capacity and I need to let them know. So paying attention to 
when you share your story, does the person have capacity? Do they have capacity to listen? Do they have capacity to hear, right? Do they have capacity to help give some suggestions as it's like the initial drawings, like what are the prompts to help you get to where it is that you're going or maybe, you know, paint by numbers. And I get it. It's really vulnerable to ask people, hey, do you have capacity right now? You know, do you have either capacity time-wise? You know, here's something hard I want to talk about. Is now a good time? They must have the space to answer without any sort of retaliation from you. Or retaliation can be they hurt your feelings because they don't have the capacity because they were being really honest. So if you don't have the capacity right now, if you're on the other side of that, you can say, I don't have it today, but here's when I could. Or it could be like, hey, I really don't have capacity because the stuff that you want to talk about is a real trigger for me and I haven't worked through it yet, or I'm working through it right now. And right now I know you need support, but I can't support you. And that is actually very supportive to let people know and be really clear of when you don't have capacity. I think it's really nice to ask people because we try to read and read between the lines. And man, if people would ask more clearly, I would probably be out of business, but that would be okay, right? But clear is kind, right? Ask and and instead of everybody having these thought bubbles over their head of what they think is being said or thought of, it's also an example of where The other person hopefully will be able to be willing to be vulnerable and answer truthfully as well, right? So I get it. It's very, very vulnerable to ask somebody what their capacity is or do they have this capacity? And then over time, people tend to show you again who they are. Do they have capacity? Do they not? And this part's really important because when you go to somebody and if you're in real deep struggle and you go to somebody and they have no capacity for your emotions right? What typically happens, they want you to shut it down. And I've done this as a parent. I've done this as a friend. I remember I had a friend in college and I had no emotional intelligence and we'd gone on a hike and his girlfriend had broken up with him and he started to cry. And we were really good friends. We'd done a lot of great stuff and we were really, really close. And he told me that and I shut down because I didn't know what to do. And I couldn't get out of that car fast enough because I didn't have any skill sets right? And I had so much shame about it and I didn't even have an awareness of shame, but I had no capacity. I didn't know how to help him. I didn't know what he wanted. I just knew that he was really upset and heartbroken and I had to get out. And I did that, right? I had no capacity. And now if that same thing were to happen, I have the skill sets. I know how to, you know, be with somebody that is really, really sad. And even with having that, There are some days like last weekend, I had no capacity. By Friday night, I was beat. I had no ability to do any emotional labor. I had no ability to talk with really much of anyone, right? I needed to hunker down for a couple of days. It'd been like quite a long month and I recognize that. So my friend, right? I have not done this perfectly. (laughs) I've made lots of mistakes. You know, that moment in college was still sits in there like, wow, I abandoned my friend because I didn't have capacity, nor did I have the ability to say, I don't know how I can help you right now. And I'm really uncomfortable because I don't understand emotions, right? I don't know what to do when somebody cries. That is not a skill set I have. 
Fast forward some 30 years later, 29 years later, I have these skill sets and I'm not always with that capacity, right? So those are the two points. You share your story with people who've earned the right to hear it. Trust is built in small moments over time. And that's from John Gottman. And then the other component is share your story with others who have the capacity. So have they earned the right to hear your story? And do they have the capacity to hear your story? All right, my friend, that's a lot. Small and big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. I'm smiling big for you. She is drifting, never been so wild.